This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, welcoming you to Week in Review for July 31st, 2010. In this week's top story, pharmacy chain Rite Aid Corp has agreed to pay a $1 million fine and take corrective action to settle federal charges that it violated the HIPAA privacy rule and the FTC Act when some of its stores improperly disposed of prescription information in dumpsters. The Department of Health and Human Services levied the fine and required corrective action to settle the HIPAA-related charges. In addition, the Federal Trade Commission required another set of corrective actions, including frequent security audits. The settlement comes after a four-year investigation that originated when media reports revealed that stores in various cities disposed of prescriptions and labeled pill bottles in open dumpsters that were accessible to the public. In this week's featured blog, I note that two federal agencies are joining forces to support the movement toward broadband and wireless-enabled medical devices while protecting consumer safety. The Food and Drug Administration, which regulates medical devices, and the Federal Communications Commission, which regulates networks, have agreed to coordinate their efforts in this arena. In a joint statement of principles issued July 26th, they said, quote, Developing and integrating wireless and broadband communications technology with medical devices and applications requires agencies to assure that such devices operate in a safe, reliable, and secure manner. It's good to see the agencies acknowledge that the new generation of devices raises both patient safety and security issues because of their reliance on wireless and broadband communications. In this week's featured interview, risk management expert Mac McMillan says federal health care regulations should include clear standards for information security so those implementing electronic health records know exactly what steps they need to take. McMillan argues that the meaningful use rule for the Medicare and Medicaid EHR incentive program should have included required standards for encryption as well as other security controls without specifying that particular technologies must be used. He also contends that the proposed modification to the HIPAA rules should more precisely specify, for example, how often a risk assessment should be conducted and what risks are most important to address. Otherwise, the requirement for risk assessments will be very much open to interpretation, he says. I'll be back after a short break to tell you about the rest of our weekly review. Are you responsible for your institution's regulatory compliance program? Do electronic medical records, patient privacy, or data breaches keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the HealthCareInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit HealthCareInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. In other news, Jerry Davis, the Deputy Chief Information Officer for Security at NASA, is moving to a new assignment as Deputy Assistant Secretary for Information Protection and Management at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Davis will leave NASA at the end of August. Veterans Affairs, the federal government's second largest department after defense, has faced a series of IT security mishaps, including the exposure of personal information on millions of veterans from a laptop stolen from an employee's home in 2006, and a series of recent smaller breaches. 
In a blog, Jack Daniel of Concordant says that rather than taking a piecemeal approach to security, hospitals, clinics, and others should create what he calls an electronic health record security ecosystem. Key steps in developing a security ecosystem, Daniel says, are understanding the landscape of security and privacy, performing a risk assessment, developing governance and security policies, and developing and implementing procedures. And in another blog, I invite discussion on the difficult issue of how to obtain patient consent for exchanging health records among organizations. Those advising the federal government on the issue are struggling to reach a consensus. It comes down to a choice between the opt-in and opt-out approaches. Under opt-in, patients must give formal consent before any of their records are shared via a health information exchange or similar organization. Under the opt-out approach, information is automatically included unless patients choose to withdraw some or all of their records. I note that regulators may settle on some sort of middle-of-the-road approach, such as requiring opt-in only for sharing sensitive information, such as mental health records. Be sure to check out healthcareinfosecurity.com for all the latest news, interviews, blogs, and more. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.